Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. This is a, a curious centenary. It's a hundred years since the introduction of the Censorship of Films Act. Until the 1970s, about 11,000 films had scenes cut out, while two and a half thousand of them were banned altogether. John Downing has been looking back at what filth we were protected from. Afternoon, John. Hello, Sean. How are you? Not too bad. Now, what was curious is that, you know, it is a hundred years. It was kind of one of the first acts of the Free State. Uh, Absolutely. To- Absolutely, Sean. Um, July 1923, the Free State was ju- just about seven months in existence and quite quite extraordinary. The Censorship of Films Act was passed by, by the Doyle. Uh, subsequently, uh, Kevin O'Higgins, the controversial uh, Civil War Minister for Justice, he appointed a fellow called James Montgomery, uh, a Dubliner, and it's thought that uh, he was he was arguably the first film censor in any state in the world. Certainly among the very first. Right. Okay. And uh, the, the uh, was it just him by himself making these decisions? By and large, he said he was he was considered to be extraordinarily harsh. He um, he said at the time that he had two sort of guiding rules by, uh, to, by by which to judge films. One was the Ten Commandments and the other was Aesop's Fable. This is a fable about a man who tried to please everybody but only succeeded in pleasing absolutely nobody. So he decided he was going to take a very tough line and let the cinema industry do the other thing, exercise the, uh, the Bre- Brendan Behan begrudgers option. Right. And, and so was there any criteria about what was acceptable and what wasn't? Because I suppose... Well, he, it, he was operating... By the way, these were silent films in 1923. Mm. The act was amended in 1930 to take in sound and the talkies. Uh, his strongest objections... There were, there were, the movie industry generally was moving into a kind of auto-censor mode. In the States, you had a thing called the Hayes Code, policed by a fellow called William H. Hayes, not, no Irish connection, H-A-Y-S. He was an, an, an elder of the Presbyterian Church, and he was, they were trying to get their own house in order. So basically sort of stuff that was, uh, that was sensual or sexual or considered to be in, in any way permissive was kind of being gonged at that level anyway. Mm. But he was still busy himself, uh, James Montgomery. He, 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 um, his strongest objections were to partial nudity, stage Irishness, drunkenness, sensuality, anti-Catholicism, Unchristian ideas like reincarnation, hula dancing, kissing, the portrayal of co-education in in movies, bigamy, vulgarity, and violence. Crikey. He also took a very broad interpretation of the act, and uh, he he felt anything that was quote unquote subversive of public morality unquote. So that that gonged films like Bo Jest, uh, Charlie Chaplin's Shoulder Arms, because he believed they were insulting to friendly nations and holding up another nation to ridicule was subversive to public morality. So it was pretty hard to get a movie in there in those days, I would suggest. And and Casablanca, was that banned altogether or did they just take out significant parts of it? Well, in 1942, when it first came out, it was gonged on, on grounds of, of wartime security and restrictions. Remember, Casablanca is kind of complicated politically because it's set in, in French North Africa 
with uh, the the sort of uh, Vichy regime trying to you know pull and drag with the occupying Nazis and and so on. But it was released in Ireland in 1945. But it, a dialogue was cut to ensure that Rick, remember Rick is the one played by mm. Humphrey Bogart and Ilsa played by Ingrid Bergman, that she was married, she was married to somebody else. So dialogue was cut to remove any suggestion that uh, Rick and uh, Ilsa were in fact lovers. Huh. So we, we never got that. There, there's that uh, dramatic, uh, melodramatic parting. She's she's to go, she's not to go, and, and so on. And huge chunks of that dialogue were just gonged. That would mean a lot of the film wouldn't make any sense, particularly I, the end I, of the I film. Th- I think you could struggle, yes. I think the in- ending would be would be very incomplete, yes. <laughs> and it, it, is kind of, it is kind of illustrative because, you, you know, pretty well every every other one of the 12 days of Christmas – uh, Casablanca is showing on some channel or other, so it, it, do, it does speak to how we've changed in yeah. the ensuing years. Now, did, did uh, whilst that was still in force, did it ease over time at all? Change came very slowly, Sean. Um, I mean, I remember when I, when I first started uh, writing for the Dublin papers, Frank Hall was the censor. Mm. I was the film censor of all people. And Frank Hall was renowned for his uh, humour, which was quite subversive in many, many respects. He's Hall's Pictorial Weekly. In the 1970s, that was considered to have, uh, by, by some, uh, to actually have done for that 1973-77 coalition, the yeah. Minister for Hardship and all that stuff. Mm. But he, when he put on his censor's hat, uh, Fra- Frank Hall was, was quite strict and quite uh, he, uh, a purveyor of, of the strict application of the law and defence of family values. And, well, let's remember that Frank Hall later revelations about his, his complicated personal life uh, were, were not, exa- not entirely consistent with, with family values either. But he, he's, he will be remembered for having banned uh, Monty Python's Life of Brian in 1979. He said the Life of Brian uh, was offensive to Christians and Jews uh, uh, as well, because it made them appear uh, as a, a terrible load of gobshites. So, <laughs> that's why. That's why it took us some time to get to see the life of Ryan around here. Well, in fairness, it did, but that's all the more reason to show it uh, rather than uh, ban it. I would have thought. Was it eventually? Was the regime eventually replaced with something? Yes, uh, in, by 2008, there's, there is a great book. I should, I should pay tribute to uh, a film historian. He was a long time. I don't know if he's still, I never met the man, but Kevin Rocket was his name. He wrote a, a very long book about it, published in 2004, Irish Film Cens- Censorship, A Cultural Journey from Silent Cinema to Internet Pornography. But uh, Kevin Rocket... Uh, Basically, he he only really succeeded when uh, a change finally came. He was continually trying to find out. Uh, there was usually an explanation why something was banned. Why and how the cuts were, took effect well, was not always evident. And uh, he tried to find out. And every time he re- used to write to the Minister for Justice of the day, and he was always told, uh, no, look, we, it's contractual stuff involving the movie makers and the movie distributors. 
So eventually he got a far more benign uh, film censor who uh, who let him have uh, access to the archives and, and he was able to make sense of it. But the really important date also in this month of July came in 2008 when the censor, the Irish Film Censor's Office was in itself censored and it became the Irish Film Classification Office. And that really hurled at the end of mass banning of movies. Yeah, and I think it's a rarity now for a movie would be absolutely, banned. absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think everybody would, I mean, some things probably should be banned every now and again. I mean, everybody would sort of keep, most of us would keep a toe in the door uh, for various reasons, mm. but um, it it should not be common custom and practice. Yeah, and in the era of the internet as well and streaming, it's kind yeah, of well, almost it's, a nonsense it's, it's, anyway. Yeah, it is indeed, yeah. And yeah. I mean, uh, videos, with, uh, the last things really that were being banned, 3,000 videos were banned. <laughs> if anybody <laughs> can <even> remember <laughs> videos. Well, yeah, but recently, John, we did a thing about, you know, like it kind of came up in the course of conversation, but that, like there was a, a, a number of video shops and people had know you could go into the video shop and go, what have you got oh, underneath the desk? Yeah. And it was yeah, all the yeah. stuff that Frank Hall had tried to make them not yeah, see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. John, thanks a million for uh, talking with us today. Uh, that was uh, uh, John Downing there. Uh, someone says we had to go to London to see the life of Brian, thanks to Frank Hall. But I suppose you could thank Frank Hall in a way. He turned just a trip to the cinema into a little bit of a holiday for you. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm. With Anna Glaze. On News Talk.